Hello, Assalamualaikum and very good day to everyone. Welcome back to Daniel Podcast. So, it's been a week without a new series and here I am. Here I am with the new episode. And just like uh, you all know, uh, for the previous episode, we talk about the history of Malaysia uh, to celebrate the Malaysia Day on 16th of September. So, for this one, we are going to discuss and I'm going to talk about the one and only Lieutenant Adnan bin Saidi. And I'm sure when I mention about this name, about this figure, I believe that all Malaysians, all Singaporeans, we know who is this guy. We know who is this man that we are going to talk about. You know, the Lieutenant Adnan name... Um, Every generation knows about his story, but for this episode, I will explain uh, the history of his life uh, when he was a kid, the history, uh, what his education, and then his military experience, and yeah. So this episode is all about Lieutenant Adnan bin Saidi. So yeah, so yeah, so we are going to talk about him. Alright, so Lieutenant Adnan bin Saidi uh, was a Malayan military officer of the 1st Infantry Brigade who fought the Japanese at the Battle of Pasir Panjang in Singapore during World War II. He is lauded as a national hero in both Malaysia and Singapore for his actions during the battle. His name is also the namesake for the Malaysian Infantry Fighting Vehicle. So, uh, that's basically his background uh, uh, during his regiment. Um, it's all about Lieutenant Adnan. And he was born of Minangkabau Desen in Sungai Ramau, uh, in Kajang, Selangor, uh, Malaysia. So, basically, he was a Selangorian. He was a Kajang boy. And Lieutenant Adnan was the eldest child in his family. And his younger brothers... Ahmad and Amarullah were also soldiers. However, Ahmad was KIA after his ship. Uh, KIA in military term is defined as kill in action. And the ship, uh, Ahmad's ship was sunk by the Japanese and rode to Australia. And Amarullah survived the war and now resides in Kajang, Selangor. So basically, that's about uh, his sibling, uh, about his family, and he was born in 1915 at Kampung Sungai Ramau, and Lieutenant Adnan was the eldest in his family. So Lieutenant Adnan bin Saidi received his education in Pekan Sungai Ramau in English medium. Yeah, he was a diligent student and excelled in his studies, and upon graduation. Adnan was chosen to be a trainee teacher and taught at his alma mater for over a year. Fate, however, had other plans for him. He's a firm man who took discipline very, very seriously. And Adnan Saidi chose instead to pursue the military vocation. And in the year of 1933, when he was 18 years old, Adnan Saidi joined the Malay Regiment or in, in Bahasa we call as Regiment Askar Melayu. And a year later, he was chosen as the best recruit of that regiment. See? 
so this lieutenant adnan is really really something else he's extraordinary and in 1936 adnan was promoted to the rank of sergeant which is a promotion that came fast for a bright young soldier and in 1937 he was chosen to represent his platoon in a military ceremonial parade in london to honor the ascension of king george 6 to the throne and shortly thereafter adnan saidi was promoted again to company sergeant major and headed for singapore for an officer's conversion course and upon graduation as second lieutenant adnan saidi became the leader of the 7 platoon the c company and that's basically about his military background his history in the uh, malay regiment and uh, where he he had a a colorful experience you know uh, from being a normal cadet to become a uh, second lieutenant and then um he's a family man as well he's he's reported to be a very very family man and upon his return from london lieutenant anand saidi married a school teacher from his village Uh, the name of the lady is Madam Sofia Pake and they had two sons Mokhtar and Zainuddin and a daughter youngest of the three siblings the baby girl died in her early infancy shortly after Singapore fell and despite his hectic schedule as a career soldier lieutenant Adnan Saidi settled down quickly as a family man he loved his boys and would always try to find time for his kids He brought them for walks or played games with them, and the games that he played with his boys were rough and rugged. He loved. I think he uh, he loves to train his children to be a man. You know, the he he wanted to give more physical activities towards his children. I think that's his that was his intention. And Adnan also wanted his sons to grow up tough. And in interview with Brita Harian. Mokhtar Adnan, the son of Lieutenant Adnan, described his father. Um, I read the dialogue. My father did not talk a lot. He was a firm man and believed in discipline. He was always serious and fierce, yet had a good heart. There seemed to be a light illuminating his face. So that's the explanation given by Lieutenant Adnan's sons, uh, Mr. Mokhtar. Uh, regarding the personality of his father and in late 1941 lieutenant adnan saidi was posted to singapore and brought with him his family they live in a big house at pasir panjang in an area reserved for the families of the malay regiment so basically all the uh, military family members they have give i think they have been given um, a quarters Uh, for them to stay on and the quarters is located at Pasir Panjang the southern area uh, of Singapore and when the rumblings of the war grew nearer and the Japanese began preparations to invade Singapore Lieutenant Adnan sent his family back to their hometown in Kajang Selangor it was a tri- trying day for Lieutenant Adnan his wife Uh, was carrying their third child and the young boys kissed their father's hand 
and he reminded them to be good and obedient to their mother and it's a sad story because it was to be their last time together and yeah i think we can imagine how how they felt you know uh, the war is going to happen and then you as the children you you knew that there is a risk there is there will be a 50 50 risk for your father to survive or not because you know there's world war 2 and your father is an army so the risk is always there 50 50 and then ah it's so sad because you need to expect that that meeting when lieutenant adnan sent their family to kajang i believe this at the train station and when he waved goodbye that was the last time that he met his wife and his children so that's the uh, you know the contributions given by all these uh, our na- national heroes when they want to Uh, provide independence for our country they need to sacrifice their family they need to sacrifice their love they need to sacrifice their safety in order for the next generation of his country to be independent to be uh, you know a glorious country and the war happened after that the war happened not long after that and the battle of pasir panjang Uh, is better known as the Battle of Opium Hill. Opium Hill, or in Malay, we call as Bukit Chandu, was named after an opium processing factory which used to be at the foot of the hill. And fierce fighting had preceded this earlier. The battle-hardened Japanese soldiers of the famed 25th Army had rapidly overwhelmed strategic defensive positions in Singapore. And Opium Hill demarcated the final defense perimeter and it was a key defense position in Singapore for two strategic reasons. The first one is it overlooked the island of Singapore to the north and second, if the Japanese gained control of the ridge, it gave them direct passage to Alexandra area. You know, so do you know what's what But why Alexandra was very precious during that time because when the you know when all the peninsula uh, of Malaya during that time had been captured Alexandra was an area in Singapore that provides uh, medical facilities they provide all these welfare facilities so the last uh, British site where comprised of the Malay regiment they really really rely on Alexandra as their safe place right so that's why uh, the Japanese wanted to attack Alexandra and once they believe that once they conquer Alexandra the defense of the British um, the British uh, squad will be in risk so that's why they wanted to attack Alexandra and uh, coincidentally um, Bukit Chandu is the nearest military port near to Alexandra. And the British army had its main ammunition and supply depots, military hospital and other key installations situated there. 
The stout defense of the ridge was therefore critical at any cost. And the defense of the ridge had been entrusted to the Sikhoi, and Sikhoi was part of the 1st and 2nd Malay Regiment, which made up the 1st Malay Infantry Brigade. And um, on February 13, 1942, the crack Chrysanthemum Division of the Japanese Imperial Army under Lieutenant General Mutuguchi Renya turned their attention to the southern coastal part of Singapore, which is Pasir Panjang. And on that morning, the ridge was heavily bombarded with aerial support, heavy mortar and artillery fire. And Lieutenant Adnan Saidi's team were stationed at Pasir Panjang village. And the Japanese forces were forced to retreat in the face of stiff resistance from the sea koi. And Adnan and his men had built a wall of defense for the regiment in an area of highland known as the Gap. Though greatly outnumbered, the Japanese troops under Major Kimura could not bridge the Gap's defense perimeter. And at midnight, 14 February of 1942, Sikhoi received instructions to move to a new defense position, which is the Opium Hill. And more soldiers were added to Adnan's regiment, 42 in all. After a careful area survey, Lieutenant Adnan Saidi ordered his men to further strengthen their wall of defense with sandbags. That's the military strategic um, use by Lieutenant Adnan during that time. And the hill was surrounded with sandbags as their strategy, as their weapon just to, uh, to play safe. You know, when you know that the Japanese army um, would attack you with a heavy, with a very solid uh, battalion. So that's why you need to prepare something. And in the early afternoon of 14 February, the Japanese launched a sneak attack. From Pepe's Road leading uphill to uh, Bukit Chandu, Adnan Saidi observed a contingent of six soldiers from the British Indian Army approaching. Distinguishing himself yet again, Lieutenant Adnan's sharp eyes and quick mind noticed that something was happening when he observed the troops in turbans advancing in groups of force instead the usual trees of the British Army. And seeing through the ruse, Lieutenant Adnan and his troops opened fire and mortally wounded about 20 soldiers at close range. The Japanese troops retreated. Two hours later, the Japanese launched an all-out assault in great numbers. The attack overwhelmed Lieutenant Adnan Saidi and his troops greatly outnumbered and short on ammunition and supplies. The Malay regiment fought its grisly battle to death. After that, fierce fighting followed on Opium Hill or Bukit Chandu. All kinds of weapons was used including grenades and automatic weapons. Lieutenant Adnan himself handled a Lewis gun. And in many instances, the soldiers engaged in fierce hand-to-hand -hand combat using their bayonet. Yet, they stood their ground frustrating their enemy. And in the ensuing battle, men and officers fell. Adnan was mortally wounded yet refused to retreat and instead emboldened his men to fight to the last. It was this disregard of danger that inspired the company to stand up gallantly. So you can see the leadership that the, has been shown, the leadership quality that has been shown by Lieutenant Adnan was astounding. And this is a quote uh, given by Tan Sri Datuk Mubin Shepard, uh, an ex-officer uh, says about Lieutenant Adnan, he said that he, 
Lieutenant Adnan was heavily outnumbered by the Japanese. They bombed him, but he fought on fiercely and inflicted heavy losses on them. And Adnan would have never surrendered under any circumstances. He was absolutely dedicated. And in fact, just before the fighting, he adopted a motto for his platoon: "Biar putih tulang, jangan putih mata," which in English means "death before dishonor." So. And then, uh, after the war, Adnan's family was informed of his death through a telegram, and the Japanese, the Japanese began hunting down his family. And a neighbor had warned that the Japanese were looking for Adnan Saidi's family, and they were to be killed too. However, worried that Japanese would be able to track down his family, Mr. Amarullah Saidi, which is uh, the brother of Lieutenant Adnan. Give away his brother's photograph and belongings, and no one dared to keep Lieutenant Adnan's belonging. Today, the only things of his father, which Mokta Saidi has, are three medals, which were awarded to Adnan by the British. And so that is story. That's the story of Lieutenant Adnan. He shows what bravery means, and we can learn a lot from him we can learn so many values about leadership about being a family man about being brave about being faithful to our country and to fight until your last bloodshed and this is why why lieutenant adnan has been recognized as a national hero for both singapore and malaysia so that's all for today for this episode Where we talk about the history of Lieutenant Adnan bin Saidi, and for all Muslims who are listening to me right now, let's recite Al-Fatiha for Lieutenant Adnan bin Saidi and all Malay Regiment Armies which had uh, provided their best service to the country. Al-Fatiha. And so that's all for today's episode, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And well, and thank you for listening to Daniel podcast. And I hope it gives you some motivation, uh, some good values, and we can learn from each other a lot via this podcast. Take care, stay safe. Assalamualaikum.